Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we're starting a new series called Your Own Worst Enemy. Your own worst enemy. So you saw a video of guys being their own worst enemy, right? Hanging out with people that were not good influences. And I want to talk over the next few weeks about how do we not become our own worst enemy, right? Because, because here's the reality. You have seen people, you know people personally, that they have the person that has destroyed their life, their dreams, the only person they have to blame. They may not blame them, but the only person they have to really blame is themselves. Right? You know politicians. They couldn't get out of their own way without saying names, right? Like they, 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 they couldn't get out of their own way. And they became their own worst enemy. And so today, through this series, I hope, my, my prayer, <laughs> my hope, I know I've, I've got to go a little quick today because we had so many baptisms, how awesome is that? Um, but my hope is that we will get out of our own way and we will learn through this series how to not be our own worst enemy. So today, I want to speak to you, and the title of my message is Man Bun Massacre. Man Bun <laughs> Massacre. The title of the headline from the news says this, criminal caught after cutting off 37 man buns in one day. (laughs) Claims he was doing the Lord's work. In Los Angeles, California, of course it happens in Los Angeles, California. This man right here, Craig Ledbetter, age 33, has been placed into custody after reports came in from all over downtown Los Angeles that a man had been running up to other men and cutting off their man buns. Dozens of men filled the police station to press charges after their top knots or man buns were removed by Craig Ledbetter. One person said, Uh, He attacked me and aggressively removed my top knot. I was in fear for my life from this madman. It will take me years to regrow my hair. I hope he gets the punishment he deserves for wounding me so viciously, (laughs) said the victim of Ledbetter's. Each assault can come with a sentence of 18 months in jail. That adds up to a staggering 55 and a half years in jail if convicted of all charges if he's sentenced consecutively. Literally, I love this last line. Literally dozens of men's lives have been forever altered negatively. That's debatable. Um, But years, years of therapy and hair regrowth is in the future for all of this man's victims. Now, Craig felt like he was doing the Lord's work, right? He, he felt that way. And I, I think we all can probably be honest. He probably has some psychology, psychological disorders that are going on there. Some of you are like, I see nothing wrong with this guy. Um, but some of you, from the looks of you men, you were the victim of Craig Ledbetter's man bun massacre, right? 
you're in that regrowth stage. I mean, you're just like, it's never going to be the same. However, um, Craig kind of hits on something, and this news story hits on something that has become a, a problem in our culture, in our society, within our churches. Craig felt like he was doing the Lord's work. Right, right? He felt like he was doing something that he shouldn't be doing. And what did he go with? He went with his feelings. He went with what he thought he could do or could get away with, or I can do this instead of should I do this. And we've all seen people do this. We've all seen politicians. We've seen athletes. We've seen Hollywood elites that they feel a certain way, so they say something and they act on something based on what they feel. And here's the reality. You know people. You've got coworkers. You've got friends. You've got family members. Some of you, you have an ex-spouse that they have lived their life based on feeling, and they have been led through their life, through their emotions, and through their feelings. And, and here's the reality. For every single one of us here today, our life is being led by something. You are going through life being led by something. And the scary thing is for some of us, some of us don't know what we're being led by. We have no, if I, when I ask the question, what are you being led by? Some of you, if we were just being honest, we would say, I, I, I don't know. Because I haven't put something purposefully in my life to lead my life. And if that's you, hear me, you couldn't have picked a better Sunday to be here, right? Some of you are being led by your cell phone right now. Um, but <laughs> you, are, you are being led by something. And so by the end of today, the hope, my prayer is that you can answer that question. And if you're being led by your feelings and your emotions, that you would find a better way for you to live your life out. In the Bible, in the book of Judges, um, it is a really dark time in the life of the country of Israel. Um, there's a cycle going on. Um, they get in trouble, they repent, God sends a warrior, sends a leader, gets them out of trouble, and then they go right back into trouble and dysfunction, right? And they, they, they do this thing over and over and over. It's actually a really great book, um, but it's a really dark time in Israel's history because they start learning and they start living their life functioning in a dark, disorderly way. And the last verse of the book of Judges says this, in those days, Israel had no king and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And can I tell you that scripture today, this scripture right there, that scripture is really relevant to our culture. Because this is exactly how our culture in our world is living our lives. And here's the scary thing. It's not just the culture, it's the church. We're living based on how we feel instead of a wiser, more productive way. And this word eyes in the Hebrew means sight or perspective. So people were living their life on how they view what they viewed as right, what they perceived as okay or not 
Okay, and, and, and so some of us may be like pushing back and say, well, Justin, that's not really our problem here today. Let me push back on that because it doesn't, this wouldn't say what they did what was right in their own eyes. Here's how this sounds in our culture today. Well, you gotta find your own truth, right? You gotta find what's true for, for you. You got to follow your heart. That's, that's why we say you gotta just follow. Well, if it feels good, it's gotta be good, right? No. There's a lot of things that feel good that aren't good. Well, if it feels right, then it is right. And, it's, and if it seems right, and if it sounds right, and if it feels good, then we just go and live our life based on feeling. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. There's a path that seems okay, that seems allowable, that feels okay, that seems right, but it ends in regret. It ends in destruction. So, so can I just talk to you guys for a little bit and we'll get to the notes and we'll get to the verses in just a second. We'll go off road just a little bit here. here here's why, where some of us are. Well, I just fell out of love. What? what, what? Hold on, hold, time out. You don't you can fall into love, but you got to choose to stay there, right? Go read 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. That's a choice because you don't feel patient and kind ever. Just ask your five-year-old. You choose your way there. You choose your way to significance, but you feel your way to regret. And some of us here, we have felt our way all through life, and all it is doing is making us live a life that we're going, how did I get here? I don't like the way that my life looks. I don't like the way that my reality is. And the simple reality is this. You felt your way there instead of choosing your way through your emotions. And we have allowed our emotions to dictate and live our life instead of something that is more solid, more stable, and more Reliable, because the simple truth is this. All of us here are emotional people. Here, I'll say it this way. Everybody watching online is an emotional person. Amen, right? Like, yeah, it's them, not us, right? Hey, I'm emotional. Surprise, surprise. And what I have found, the ones of us that say we're not emotional, we're usually the most emotional. Because we're internalizing it. But here's the deal. You can be an emotional person without making emotional choices. Right? I'm an emotional person, but I don't make emotional choices. My choices are based on something way bigger than how I feel. On what I feel is true, what seems true, what seems right, what looks right, what looks innocent. And the Bible knew this. God knew this was going to be a problem. Paul knew this, and Paul says this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, don't let anyone capture you, fool you, right? Mislead you, capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that came from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Can I tell you, we have bought into high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking. That if you feel a certain way, then it makes it true. And we think feelings are truth, but just because you feel a certain way doesn't make a certain way true. And here's the result of living a life based on how you feel. You become your own worst enemy. 
and you allow your emotions and feelings to lead you through life. You become your own worst enemy when you allow emotions to make your choices and your decisions because you become an emotional person. And if the way I feel is the ultimate trump card, man, you have missed the mark. So what do we do? How do we answer what is leading me today? Let's get honest. Are your emotions leading you, leading your family, leading your marriage, leading your career path, leading your friendships, leading your finances? And there's a better way for you and I to live. And Solomon gives it to us. And he gives us this Man, practice, and he gives us this command that is found in Proverbs 4.23, and it says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. This may be my favorite Proverbs. Guard your heart. Nobody else can guard your feelings for you but you. Teenagers, college students, man, college students, if you can get this message down, I don't care if you go to ORU or TU, if you go to TTCU, or I'm just making initials up, OSU, OU, (laughs) Iowa, I don't care. If you can get this message down and base your life on something rather than fads and emotions, you are going to be way ahead of most of the people you come in contact with. And the Bible says this, guard your heart above all else. Solomon's saying, if you don't want to be your own worst enemy, learn to guard your heart because it, your feelings, your emotions, if you don't guard it, it will determine the course of your and mine's life. So the question is today, how do we guard our heart? How do we guard our heart? How do we guard our emotions and not become our own worst enemy? Right? Because you're going to feel... All the married people in here, you're going to feel differently five years into your marriage than one month into your marriage. You better guard your heart. You get into a a, a, a profession, you're going to feel way different two years into your profession than you did one week into your profession. One week, you're like, I'm going to change the world. You're like, can somebody change the world two years in? Like, shut up, sit down and do your job, right? Like, you become negative. You got to guard your, so how do we guard our heart? The first way, if we're going to live life in a better way and we guard our heart, we have to base our life on the consistent word of God rather than the inconsistency of how you feel. Woo, that is good. Base your life on the consistent word of God rather than the inconsistency of how you feel and how I feel and how others feel. What's leading your life? If the word of God is not the bedrock for your life, you're doing it wrong. As a follower of Christ, hear me. It's not about what Justin says, what another pastor says, what another church says, what a denomination says, what a convention says, what a book says. What does the word of God say? And if you are going to live your life out in a wise, beneficial, productive, fruitful way, you've got to base your life on the consistent word of God instead of the inconsistencies of how you feel. 
Psalms 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God lights the way for you to go. This is why it's so important for you to get into the word because the more you get into the word, the more the word gets into you. Right, And some of you, your light feels dark and you're like, I don't know why God never talks to me. It's because you never open your Bible. It's true. The reason life is dark is because you're not in the word. His word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Proverbs chapter three says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say all. All, all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. When it says, do not lean on your own understanding, the Bible means it. Because the way you understand, the way you see things, the way you perceive things, the way you read that text, oh, they didn't talk to me like that. Well, you don't know how they're talking. You're just reading tone into your text, which is a dangerous, dangerous game. Husbands, it's a dangerous game. Tread carefully. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own perspective. Don't lean on your own insight. Don't lean on your own feelings. Why? Because feelings lie. Emotions lie. But in all your ways, submit, submit, acknowledge, surrender to him and his ways and his word, and his word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. It will show you the direction to go. And here's what I would just charge you with. Don't confuse your feelings with being on the same level of his word. You ever met somebody that's not on the same level of you? Let me talk to all my single people here for just a second. <laughs> you get out there and you're doing a blind, or you see their online profile, and their online profile is completely different than their in-person profile, right? And you show up and you're like, you look nothing like you're on, well, that was when I was working out. Oh, it was like 10 years ago when you were working out, right? Because you're 50 and it says 30, right? Like they're not on your same, you never would have gone on a date with them if you would have seen the reality of who they are. I'm just being real for just a second. Why? Because they're not on your same level. Some of you athletic people, like when you go to play pickup ball at the gym, there's some people that aren't on your level, right? So you don't even worry. You don't even bother. Can I tell you, don't even you need to feel your feelings and you need to let your emotions ride along in your life, but they're not on the same level as the word of God. So don't give it the time of day if it's contrary to the word of God because it's not on the same level. So let me ask you five questions today. Five questions. Are your actions, behavior, and life based on a trend that changes or on his word that never changes? Is your life based on what you feel is acceptable or on what his word says is acceptable? Is your life being lived by what's popular today or on what his word says every day? Is what is right and wrong based on what culture allows or on what his word permits? Because they're two different things. Is your life following your desires or his word? Here's what I would say. You're going to have a lot of feelings and you're going to have a lot of emotions. When I was a little kid and I left watching Return of the Jedi, I walked out of that movie theater and I looked at my dad and I said, I know what I'm doing for the rest of my life. I'm going to become a Jedi Knight. 
And I looked up into the stars. I'm like, I can hear Luke Skywalker talking to me right now, right? I did not. Why? I felt that way, but that didn't mean I was just a stupid little kid, right? Like, you dummy, you can't be a Jedi Knight. Like, you don't have the training. It's not that it's not real. You don't even have the training, right? <laughs> we can't afford Jedi school, right? Why, Dad, right? <laughs> no, you know this. Just because I felt a certain way didn't make that way real. And you know it too, right? Just because you, you're going to feel a lot of things. But is your life based on what culture or your friends is saying, okay, or, or is it based on something that's way more solid, way more productive, and that's going to lead you to bearing fruit you want your life to bear? The word of God. If we're going to guard our heart, the second thing we've got to do is this. We've got to focus on obeying God's will instead of your preferences. Yeah, I feel that. See, you guys get to feel it Sunday morning. I work through it all week long, right? You focus on obeying God's will instead of your preferences. One of my, this is probably one of my life verses. One of my favorite texts in all of the New Testament. Ephesians chapter five says this, be very careful then how you live. I could just preach that all morning long. Some of us, we aren't being careful with how we're living out our life, and it shows. And instead of accepting responsibility for it, we blame it on everything and everyone else. And the biggest caution I could give, hear me, it's not too, if you've made a mess of your life, the great thing about God's grace, it's not too late. Right? It's not too late. You get to start up, you get to start back over, you get to go back to go like Monopoly, collect $200 and start your way around the board again. Right? But the Bible says this, be very careful how you live. Not as the unwise. What's the unwise way to live? You're just feeling your way through life. You're following your emotions instead of leading through your emotions. Not as the unwise, but as the wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Are you making the most of every day God has given you? Right? So many times I hear people say, well, that like, money is the true measure of success or the most important thing. And I would push back on that all day, every day. Time is the most important thing to people. It's what we value the most. And are you being a good steward? We talk about money all the time. Are you being a good steward of your time? Are you making the most of every opportunity? Or are you just scrolling through life and wasting time on your phone? It's true. Some of us say we got no time, but we're spending an hour and a half on social media. You got time. You're just not making the most of every opportunity. And the Bible says that's an unwise way for you to live. Well, I don't feel like that. Doesn't matter what you feel like, that's what the Bible says. Right? I think, anyways, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Understand what the Lord's will is. Understand what it is and own up to it, right? Understand what it is. If you want to live not as the unwise but as the wise, then understand what the Lord's will is and own up to it every day. Not when you're just a teenager, not when you're in college, not when you're a newlywed, but all of my senior citizens today, that verse is crucial for you in this moment, You don't retire from God's calling of your life. 
you step into that new chapter and that new stage and that new phase. And what is the Lord's will for my life right now? And how do I make the most of this opportunity and this day? And if you're going to make the most of every opportunity, you got to know what the Lord's will is and you got to fulfill it. Well, how do you know what the Lord's will is, Justin? Well, here's one thing you can't do. Because what happens for a lot of us is we get hung up on I don't feel like it syndrome, right? Well, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like that, that, that scripture should be in the Bible. I don't like that translation. And so we just find a different translation, a different translation. It's something different in Portuguese. The Bible wasn't even written in Portuguese, right? But you're like, I I just don't like it. Can I tell you, nowhere in the Bible does God ask if you like his commands or his purpose or his precepts for your life. He just says, you pick up your cross and follow after. If you're going to follow after me, it doesn't matter your preferences. It matters my will. And my will is for you to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and let's go. Let's go fulfill the will because it's a better way. For, if you're not going to be your own worst enemy, it doesn't matter about your preferences, but it's all about his Will. So how do you find out his will for your life? First off, you get into the word of God. Second off, you start praying and you start following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Did he say Holy Spirit? It's about to get weird in here? No, the Holy Spirit's not weird. People are. <laughs> say it all the time. Don't make the Holy Spirit weird. You're the weirdo. Stop it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's job is to lead and guide you. He is a comforter. He is a guide for your life. He instructs you in all truth, not emotion. He instructs you through your emotion and leads you through the motion. In fact, in Galatians chapter 5, it says this, but I say, walk habitually, that means continually, in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. Man, how different would our lives and culture be if we responded to the Holy Spirit like we do our emotions? And then you will certainly not carry out the desires of your sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard to God and his precepts. For the sinful nature has its desires, which is opposed to the spirit, and the desires of the spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict. So that you as believers, you as followers of Christ that are trying not to live as the unwise but at the, as the wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So own and understand what God's will is for your life so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. Paul said it this way. I find myself doing the things I don't want to do and the things I don't want to do, I do. And what's happening? At some point, even Paul had this battle. He was following his feelings and his emotions instead of the Spirit's leading. And I'm going to tell you, i gotta, I got to be done. Following the Holy Spirit, man, he's your guide. Following the Word of God, it's a light unto my feet and a light unto, it's, it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It knows how to direct your steps, the Holy Spirit knows how to guide your life better than you know how to live it. So why wouldn't we listen to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding? Sometimes maybe we're too busy. Sometimes maybe we're listening to too many other voices. And I want to challenge you this week, 
Get into the word and get silent. And listen to how the Holy Spirit wants to speak through his word, but also how he wants to speak to your heart. Because there's going to be moments you don't want to do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. And the question is, what's in charge of you? What's leading your life? Because if it's you and if it's your emotions, you're becoming your own worst enemy. I remember when Casey and I started Foundation Church 15 years ago. Be 15 years in September. <laughs> and, um, man, we came out of a really, really hurtful situation. We were youth pastors, um, and what we thought the reality of ministry was going to look like looked nothing like it. And my wife saw me get burned. Um, she was hurt. She was done because we'd been hurt by several churches being in ministry. Um, and, and some of you that have gone through church hurt, listen to me. I get it. I get it. But I didn't give up on church. Right? I didn't give up on his bride. I didn't start hating his bride. I still bought in, and I remember telling Casey, hey, we're going to start a church. I don't want to start a church. We're going to. <laughs> You've heard me say it a ton. She asked, with what people? I don't know. With what money? I don't know where. I don't know, but we're going to do it. We charged in, and here's the reality. She said, Justin, I really, really don't want to, and I just left it alone. And I made silent steps to start starting the church, and I was just like, God, you're going to have to do a work. And I praise God, and I'm so thankful that my wife prays and she listens to the Lord. Amen. Because in the middle of her prayer time, in the middle of her hurt, in the middle of her disappointment, in the middle of her anger, I mean, she's angry. In the middle of just feeling isolated and alone, he said this, if you'll just obey, I'll take care of the rest. And can I tell you what God has done in 15 years of Foundation Church has blown our minds and it never would have happened if she wasn't willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and follow his leading instead of her feelings. And can I tell you, God's no respecter of men. If he did it for us, he'll do it for you. And I don't know what emotions you've allowed to lead you, but I know there's a God, there's a Holy Spirit that's just waiting for you to surrender your life to him and surrender your life to his precepts and to surrender your life to his word and live your life based on a better way of living instead of your feelings and your emotions. What is leading you? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And I thank you for today and I thank you for your word and your patience with us. And you know what's best for us. No matter how bad we've messed it up, you know what's best for us. And so, Lord, I pray that we would not be our own worst enemy today, that we wouldn't get in our own way, that we would not live life based on our feelings, which is up and down and erratic and it's everywhere and it's inconsistent and it's unfruitful. But that, Lord, we would live our life based on your word and your will instead of our preference. So Lord, I pray that Lord, we would surrender our heart, that we wouldn't lean on our own understanding because God, that's not a wise, cautious way to live, but we would be very careful from this day on how we live. Making the most of the opportunities you've given us 
And not just understanding what your will is, but working every day to fulfill your will and your purpose for us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. Thank you.